0: everyone and welcome to screams after midnight i am peter and joining me as always is tim yo what's up (laughs) oh now he does a good hello we go through all of the october thought all 32 episodes that we did for that entire month every single time it was like what oh oh yeah hi i'm here Uh, or or maybe that i just said the bar so low
1: that you actually thought that was good
0: (laughs) i mean that's just a fair Fair point. I mean, I'm not it was amazing. I'm just saying it was notably improved upon earlier attempts or recent attempts. This is a horror movie podcast. This is Screams After Midnight. Every week we get together, we talk about a horror film. Uh, we also talk about horror movie news. And that's what we're going to do. This week's movie is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, a movie that we could not do when it was released because we got different release dates for it. So we're coming here. Now, first thing I want to say about this, right? Obviously, we're doing news first, but I want to say something about the movie first. Okay. is that we had a slot open in the october thon right obviously we just had the october we, we did episodes every single day we had two on halloween itself it was a busy oh. month we had one slot open for a new release that you know when i say new release i mean something that had hit you know vod and home video um and in, in or around october something that we'd missed earlier you know during the summer in july in this case right and it was sure. either crawl or scary stories to tell in the dark, but the other one being done is the first episode, in November, which we're doing now. Okay. Had I known or remembered that Scary Stories was actually <laughs> set on Halloween, <laughs> I might have put that one in the October story and saved Crawl for this week. But to be fair, only the start of the movie set in Halloween, and then the rest of it set after Halloween. So arguably, it's actually perfect. It's because it's yeah. mostly set in the first couple of days of November. So yes. Yeah.
1: And it still feels a little Halloweeny. Like I think, uh, you know, feels looks like we got our like Halloween overlay up. And that's a good
0: point, Tim. You should change that. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that before
1: we started your prank? <laughs> well, I didn't realize until like just that second. I was like, wait a minute.
0: I <laughs> where, where is it? There we go. Right, back to the regular colour. Yeah, why were we still orange? That was, that's, that's Tim's fault. <laughs>
1: hey, why is it my job to check these things?
0: <laughs> so just like the film, we started off in Halloween and now were, <laughs> we're in the regular colour again. Uh, so yeah, we got horror movies to, uh, to talk about. <laughs> Um, this means nothing to you at home because you just get the one episode a week usually. Uh, but oh. we normally record two episodes every week, and we we decided to have an like easy week this week and just do the one because it's the first recording day after the October started. we We're like, you know what? Let's just relax. Let's just take it easy.
1: I think even for a while we've been recording three, so one that's is true. like feels like nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, that's this felt like yeah, that's felt like a Wait, right, what I, I, I've got to do? What? Oh, I'll just squeeze that in at the last second. Yeah. that's, that's easy. easy, peasy. Um, last week especially doing those three episodes on that Sunday was particularly, Yikes. yeah, uh, uh <laughs> sleep de- de- depriving. I, I'll say. <laughs> um, I didn't get a lot of sleep last Saturday night because of that. But <laughs> that's, that's 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 mostly on me for pure scheduling. But that's not besides the point. Mm. Anyway, so we got horror movie news to dive into. Mm. Uh, Before we get to the movie, of course, there's always a timestamp in the description for when the the movie discussion begins, should you want to skip to that. Uh, So first thing, quick thing here, a movie that you actually talked about uh, recently that you you saw already because you go to fancy Ellie screenings and (laughs) festival screenings, Uh, but Verotica. um,
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) There's a bit of news here with this, and
0: it was meant to actually be out on VOD by now. It was announced for VOD for the end of October and it's actually been delayed they're doing like a limited theater release uh sometime in 2020 now so the the current <laughs> release has been canceled and it, <sighs> sometime in 2020 uh
1: that is such a bummer because this is definitely going to be one of those movies and uh yeah, i apologize to my friends in advance but i'm definitely going to be like the annoying guy that <laughs> you know makes his friends watch this horrible 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 movie because it is uh, it's so much fun i yeah this is going to be like a day one buy for me i can't wait for it to come out but uh yeah, ho- hopefully we'll get like some concrete details as to when that'll be soon. But man, <laughs> look out for that episode.
0: Yeah, it's very it's very vague now, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a be a big episode of the show when when it when it hits. Uh, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll dive into it. But uh, that is the the unfortunate news right now. Uh, so moving on to some proper news, uh, we have a, a new film called Son. That's S O N, as in the son of the father. Uh, oh, okay. As, a, as opposed to the star. Which we mm-hmm. use for heat and light, and if it ever goes away, we're sure. all dead. Um, so, it's another called son. word
1: for uh, boy, basically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, typically, yeah. typically boys are sons. Yes, this, yeah. is, tr- this is true. This uh, So, Ivan Kavanaugh is directing this, and it's going to star Andy um Matichak, who was uh, in the new Halloween movie. She was the the daughter, you know, the, the granddaughter. Even she was the. Oh, sure. you know, the main sort of teenage g- girl in, in Halloween. Uh, the and one em- we
1: pretty much like learn nothing about.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, the one with the boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> sure. uh, uh, Emil Hirsch as well is going to be in this, so they're both oh, going to be hey. here. Okay. Yeah, the film's said to be a character driven I mean, horror film. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: uh, I, I believe he's a son himself.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, I I, I, okay, I, no, I, I I agree, but yeah. I, I believe he is. <laughs> it sounds plausible. So, the film is about a mother who escaped from a demonic cult as a child. Her past catches up to her uh, as its members infect her young son with an insidious disease, the cure for which is more terrifying than she can imagine. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, it's going to start shooting in January, uh, so it could even be out by the end of next year, uh, given that horror movies tend to have a quicker turnaround than... Other, other The
1: the you mentioned the director. What was the, his name again?
0: Ivan Kavanaugh.
1: Is that uh, do you know any of his other stuff or are we familiar
0: with uh, I am not with this uh, person I don't, uh, who
1: I, again I'm gonna assume is also a son? I don't know if that's why <laughs> he was drawn to the project. But... I don't
0: <laughs> I don't believe we're familiar with him. No, I can speak for both of us, but okay. I'm I'm I I'm him right now to find out. Okay. Um he has directed the Tin Can Man. Oh, nice. The Canal. Okay. <laughs> the Fading Light. Okay, uh, it's a lot of the movies. Never, never grow old. Um, okay. The can, the Tin Can, Ten Can Man does look a horror movie though. That that was from two thousand seven. That was his first movie. Interesting. Okay. it's an Irish film, I think. <gasps> uh, that makes sense. And also, it's in black and white. Uh, Recently dumped, by, <laughs> recently dumped by his girlfriend for another man, working in a job he hates. Things could be things could be better for Peter. Oh, God. Uh, one night, <laughs> while he is alone in his apartment, there is a knock at the door. His life will never be the same again. That's actually yeah. delightfully vague. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if this is meant to be any good, though.
1: Probably a knock from the tin can, man,
0: I would assume. From, yes, from the tin can, man. Hopefully, a better character than the <laughs> bye-bye man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't uh,
1: don't open it don't, don't open eat it <laughs> don't open it don't
0: eat it <laughs> I, I hope it's actually also just a big tin can with like arms yeah. and legs <laughs> and a head Hey, I'd be into that movie <laughs> yeah so yeah so so yeah, you got a couple of couple of actors there uh, in this film um, it's cool. coming coming from the uh, the orchard Uh, so there you go so is this like our official like
1: must see of 2020 is it? Do we feel confident giving it that title? Or
0: I'm not ready to put my put my hat in that ring yet. No. Okay. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. I feel like the must see of 2020 is obviously going to be Neil Breen must have a movie out next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> 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 You're ten. One day we're going to have to review some Neil Breen movies. You know what's going to happen. Oh, I look forward to it. <laughs> I mean, they're not horror movies, but I feel yeah. like I feel like we've extended ourselves enough to every so often just do a a, sure. a batshit insane terrible movie that, <laughs> regardless of genre. But anyway, yeah. um, next up uh clive barker's books of blood you're familiar with hell this? yeah yes um
1: yeah one of my favorite uh, horror books i would say it's a, it's a collection of short stories but mm. they're all very very good
0: there's six volumes of it uh barker stories published in the mid 80s uh, a few of the stories have been made into movies already including midnight meat train uh rawhead rex home oh, more than that <laughs> this month for patrons that's all i'm saying uh and red so uh, so there was a while well ago um Deadline... Dead, they're reporting now that the project's kind of changed. There was meant to be a... A, a, a TV show... Like, in development. Makes sense. Which was uh, coming from Brandon Braga, who works on The Orville. Uh, but it's apparently changed, okay. and now Hulu are backing a movie instead of... Mm-hmm. Uh, so... So that's technically, happening. does
1: that mean oh. Disney's backing it?
0: I mean, technically... But it's okay. Hulu specifically <laughs> who made this choice yeah. to fund it. They have their own money. They can, they can do this. You know, okay. <laughs> that's that's how, how this works. Yeah. So yeah. So do, 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 do. State a movie with Braga co-writing, executive producing, and directing. Seth MacFarlane's executive producing as well. Presumably just because he knows Braga, because he's he's the Orville. Yeah. <laughs> like he's probably oh, yeah. just like he's it my buddy. I'll put my name on it. Uh, so the two, 2009 movie Book of Blood uh, was. Also based on uh, Barker's stories, so written. And, oh, yeah. Well, if
1: if you recall, <laughs> I did have that on my uh, worst of list, pretty high up. It's a pretty pretty awful movie
0: i i'll be honest, i don't recall no <laughs> I well
1: I I, I I can assure you i, I did mention it.
0: I, I i feel like all the stuff that you mentioned that i that i also have seen i remember very well because it, it struck a chord but everything you mentioned oh, sure, that i sure. haven't sure. seen but just kind of went you know in one year at the other yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah they so they did um i i wouldn't say that they made a movie based on the book i would say they made a really crappy movie that they gave the same title of the book mm. uh so yeah very bad so uh, but I mean, hopefully, yeah, if, you know, they're trying to, uh, you know, do it right, you know, this time, uh, I'll be very interested in whatever they end up doing.
0: So written by Brandon Braga and Adam Simon, uh, Adam Simon coming from Salem and The Haunting in Connecticut, but not as you've uh, hated in the past very uh, publicly, The Haunting in Connecticut Connecticut to something Georgia.
1: <laughs> Ghosts of Georgia. Ghosts of Georgia. Yeah. There you go. I remember Georgia being a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I
1: yeah, I'll go on record as saying it's the worst title of all time.
0: <laughs> oh, I think we could top that. I, I I think it was worse. It's bad. I don't know. If it's bad. It's, it's definitely yeah. in that, that low tier. But I'm oh, sure we could uh, top it.
1: The, uh, you know, the the line is drawn. Let's see who can, uh, you know, get past it now.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So remember them based on a short story by Barker. Uh, I hope, uh, with contributing original material. Oh. Uh, books of blood takes a journey into uncharted and forbidden territories through the th- through three tales of tangled in space and time so it sounds like an anthology It sounds like three stories so it is a, it's a movie though that they're doing yes they're so it's, it's a movie okay, okay. it's a movie anthology the sounds of it uh, we got Anna Friel uh, who's going to star on it alongside Britt Robertson uh, Rafi Gavron, and Yul Vasquez um, and I know none of these people. Oh, actually, Brent Robertson sounds familiar. Actually, let me let me Google that name. That name sounds familiar. But mm-hmm. other than that, I don't know who these people are. But, yeah, and an anthology
1: sounds like a good way to do it because uh, again, it is yeah you know, made up of short stories. So um, yeah, I mean, some are really cool that you know you, you might want to see a little more fleshed out. But I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll take like an anthology movie for it though. Again, it sounds, ah, yes.
0: Bert yeah, Robertson yeah. was the uh, the main the main girl in uh, Tomorrowland, a movie that I think is underrated. So, oh. and I like to in that. Oh. So. I'm all for it. Okay. There's actually a description of who all the characters are playing. Given that the, the description gives us no information, I'm going to read these and see if we get any information, any juicy details of it. Uh, Freel will play Mary, a brilliant, beautiful psychologist who has gained fame as a skeptic that debunks all theories or beliefs that not solely scientifically based. She loses her seven-year-old son to leukemia and then meets Simon, who becomes her lover and convinces her that he speaks for her dead child. Does that sound like one of the stories from the book?
1: Uh, honestly, uh, not that I can recall, but, uh, I don't think I've read all of the volumes, so it might be one uh, that I missed.
0: Yeah, that's Simon that was mentioned. There's a uh, Gavrin's going to play him. He's uh, a handsome, charismatic young man who convinces Mary that he is a ghost whisperer who speaks for her dead child. <laughs> Robertson's going to play Jenna, a hypersensitive girl who suffers from uh, misphonia and an abhorrence of sound. Oh, I've never heard of that. That's interesting. Uh, as she learns, her mother is a is about to send her back to the farm in quotations. Uh, mm. She steals her mother's cash and sets out for Los Angeles. So I'm assuming the farm's mm. like some sort of mental hospital or something like that, or.
1: Oh, no, then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. And
0: then Vasquez will play Bennett, a professional killer, whose latest hit includes him on a priceless book, which may allow him and his wife to permanently retire. On his search for his for the tome, his quest lands him straight into supernatural territory. So, interesting. Mm.
1: Yeah. I have to break out the book, because uh, it's been a while since I read it, but I have to see if uh, those that ring any bells...
0: Mm.
1: Um, yeah, because I, I think it is... I. The book I have, I'm not sure if it's like, uh, yeah, like I, I think there's like six volumes or something, and then I have like a big oh. collection of it, but it might just be the first three volumes. Uh, I don't know. I have to double check, but <clears> that's <throat> uh, yeah, it might, it might be worth revisiting uh,
0: the book too before that comes out.
1: Does it? Is it say if it's slated for? Nah, no, or? no
0: date or anything like that. But okay. Um. <sighs> It wouldn't surprise, given that they've actually got a, a cast in place, I, I sure. would actually not be surprised if it ends up being being ready for next October. Like, it feels like it's, it's cool. primed for that. Although, interestingly, Hulu have their Into the Dark series as well, which is still going uh, uh, Now, admittedly, that, that actually got a season two, so it's yeah. running up to at least September this year.
1: Yeah.
0: Or next year, I should say. Uh, so uh, so it'll only have an episode in October if it's got a season three, but... If they do have a, a season three, and they have an October episode, they'll have potentially this and uh, Into mm. the Dark. So, uh, okay,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I thought you were saying that maybe this could be the Into the Dark one, and I'm like, please don't <laughs> even put that idea <laughs> out there. I I don't think I mentioned it when when we're doing the October thon. I was talking about what I watched, but I did watch the um, Into mm-hmm. the Dark for October, and uh, surprise, it hasn't gotten any better. Those are extremely bad. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's a shame because it's a, it's a you think okay it'd have ups and downs because it's an anthology and it's different directors yeah. and stuff but it's a shame that from what i've heard from and you everyone you've watched has been underwhelming yeah. if not bad I think,
1: I think there there was like a few standout ones like i would say there was a couple that were like okay this is watchable and then maybe one or two that i you know would actually like even the ones i liked though it wasn't like oh my god this is amazing but yeah, the, the majority are just, like, <laughs> painful to watch.
0: Mm. So, next up, we have uh, Dampier. Ooh. Uh, okay. Or Dampire. I'm saying Dampier because it's spelt with the Y, like vampire. So, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm going with the posh version. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, a movie that's actually already r- shooting. It's already shooting Variety's reporting this. Uh, okay. So, it's uh, based on a comic book. Uh, Dampier is a live-action movie adaptation of a popular independent comic book franchise. Uh, so... T- 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 William Briggs is gonna play Harlan, at the Dampier and the twelve million fantasy Wait. action thriller. Oh what? I'm sorry,
1: Pete can you, can you go back? What did it say it's based on? What is the exact wording?
0: Independent comic book franchise. Okay.
1: I thought I thought you said the word popular in there. I was like, I was gonna say popular. I'd never even heard of this. Well, no,
0: actually, it was. It was popular independent comic. Book. I just left that off the same time.
1: I, I mean, we're pretty big comic book guys. Have you <laughs> ever
0: heard of this? I have not. No. Um,
1: okay. I am going to take some umbrage with uh, the use of that. I'm not saying that necessarily is not good. I mean, maybe it is a kick-ass book, but I, I, if it's popular, I, I think I would know about it. Like, well, I'm,
0: are... I'm wondering if it's a uh, foreign.
1: Oh, that, yeah, okay, yeah. Let yeah, me... maybe it's not uh, readily available in the U.S. or maybe in a very limited way.
0: Yeah. Um, give me the Wikipedia page for it so I can actually just read the thing.
1: That, I tell you what, it makes me think of a Vampire Hunter D because uh, they use the word Dampier in that. The yeah, main it, character D is it, referred to as Dampier.
0: Yeah, it's, it's Italian. It uh, started oh, in 2000. Okay. Um, there's like 300 plus issues of it. No cheese. So, oh, geez. <laughs> okay. so, so popular right, Italy. It. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll I'll give a I'll give him that one then. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, admittedly, they should have mentioned it was an Italian series in this article to start. Yeah. This, this, this really <laughs> should have said that. Uh, so yeah, Wade Briggs is Harlan, the Dampier, uh, in the twelve million fantasy action thrillers, which makes me think it's going to have like an underworld kind of. No, no. I mean that may be. i hope it'll be much better than that because Underworld sucks. Sure. But I'm thinking that's what it's going with. <laughs> uh, so said during the Balkan Wars of the early 1990s, it follows Harlan, who is hunted by nightmares as he wanders the countryside, making money pretending to be a vampire or dampier. half human, half vampire. Apparently, dampiers. Well, actually, what was a half human half vampire? Because a, a vampire in and of themselves is kind of a ha- is a demon, half demon, half human. <laughs> I guess um, I guess Blades kind of a half human half vampire.
1: Yeah, maybe it's like an offspring kind of thing. If,
0: yeah. a, Oh true. Yeah, know, I can see it. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, is ridding villages of what residents believe are evil monsters when summoned by soldiers who are under attack by real vampires. Harlan finds out the truth. He is a real vampire. <laughs>
1: It's a little
0: convenient. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. okay. That, that's almost a really convoluted version of that trope we hate, where it's like they go, the paranormal investigators who always fake their things, and then... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, this one's real, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, he pretends to be a vampire, uh, readily in villages of... So, yeah, it sounds like it's the same kind of thing, actually.
1: <laughs>
0: Just with vampires instead of ghosts, but okay. Interesting. Cool. So... Yeah, it's got 300 issues. Uh, there's a cast listed for it, and it's uh, it's uh, in production, so... And is it uh, an American movie, or...? So, you know what? It, it really doesn't say... I'm, I'm going to assume it's Italian. I can't imagine mm-hmm. why... I just... I can't imagine why it would be an American movie. Yet. Yeah. You know? Like, maybe if this does well, they'll... Yeah.
1: Uh, well, I mean, they, uh, you know... Uh, they did they made the dylan dog movie which was uh, also like you know an italian comic book i think maybe that sure. might have had a little name recognition in the u.s but not big
0: but I, I, I'll, i'm going to give bloody disgusting some shit here because there really there, there really was some details in the article that were kind of missing like the fact that yeah. it's an italian comic <laughs> yeah. you know as an italian production like you know does it says it's shooting in yeah. romania but i mean that doesn't mean anything any movie can shoot in yeah. romania so um, hey oh, um,
1: could be interesting i don't
0: know <laughs> I mean, it could be, I don't, I don't know. Action vampire movie.
1: I'm a little interested just to, like, uh, after we record, I'll probably you know do a quick little search of the comic, just kind of... I'm a little interested now to see what it looks like and
0: stuff. Mm. But. Sure. Uh, Lionsgate next uh, have announced that they are co-producing a supernatural thriller called The Devil's Light with the Gold Circle. Uh, and we'll distribute the film in North America, UK, Latin America, and so on and so on. Uh, so... The film will be directed by James Hawes, who has worked on both Black Mirror and Penny Dreadful. Uh, doesn't mention what episode of Black Mirror or episodes, perhaps. So, uh, not sure which ones. I, I, I almost want to check to see if it was one of the good oh. ones, uh, but it was written Unless by. Unless
1: it's the one where the like prime minister has sex with a pig, then I haven't seen it. Yeah,
0: that's a solid episode. <laughs> <laughs> I like that episode.
1: That's the only one I saw. I think uh, I I did like it, but I don't. <laughs> I don't
0: think I need to see more. Oh, no, some great episodes of Black Mirror, Tim. Yeah. You you would love some of them. You would. Yeah. <laughs> you you would. I <laughs> know oh, you'd you'd be in it. Eh. Just I'm checking what episode <laughs> of Black Mirror is done, I'm curious. Probably one where uh, you
1: know maybe some type of technology <clears throat> goes wrong.
0: Very funny. Uh, he did "Hated in the Nation" from season three, which was an okay episode. He did Smithereens from the newest season, I think. Uh, what, what episode was that? Oh, that was that one. Oh, that was well directed. Yeah, it was that was, was a fun enough watch. Uh, not not is it's not not one of the most notable episodes though. It has to be said. It's not like he's directed some of the the, the favorites. Uh, but it's uh, the movie's Fender written. Snatch. The movie's written by Robert Zappia. Uh, and that is not a favourite, shut up uh, oh. <laughs> and Robert Zappia wrote Halloween H2O oh okay so yeah. <laughs> but uh, produced by Paul Brooks who worked on the Pitch Perfect franchise
1: <laughs> oh that's always cool
0: that's as well a- as nope. White Noise and oh there's that again, The Haunting in Connecticut <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mention the second one, Ghost of Georgia <laughs> but so yes uh, In the Devil's Light all right, Tells the story of Sister Anne, a restless 25-year-old who devoutly believes that performing exorcisms is her calling, but she is at odds with the institution's traditions. Sisters are not allowed to perform exorcisms, only priests. Mm. This, is a, this is an interesting... Uh, before I go on here, I, I, just what I've read so far, this sounds like a really interesting setting for like a, a glass ceiling story. Yeah.
1: Oh, oh like, yeah, sure. <laughs> only the priests
0: can do exorcisms. <laughs> no, damn it! Girl power, we can do exorcisms too. Huh? Um... <laughs> with the support of what of a mentor, a professor who senses her special gift, she is allowed to observe the actual training sessions. Her desire to prove herself takes a personal turn when she meets one of the school's most disturbed patients during their harrowing encounters. Sister Anne becomes face to face with a demonic force that infests the school and has mysterious ties to her own past. It is then that the power of evil and her own startling abilities are fully realized, and the production will begin in the first half of twenty twenty uh that sounds like it'll probably suck. I don't know. There's nothing about this description <laughs> that thrills me. And it's this other thing. Maybe it'll be directed really well, maybe it'll actually be really tense or whatever. But this this description sounds like the description of every bad supernatural like possession movie ever.
1: Yeah, uh I, I don't know. I, I think the the story doesn't sound uh that bad to me. And and honestly I'm like a little intrigued, but yeah, I don't think possession movies have the greatest track record. Uh like You know, like, kind of, you know, the first one, uh, like, was amazing. Like, you know, obviously, Exorcist is very good. But, yeah, after that, it's a pretty big dip in most of them. What would
0: possess Uh, you to say such a thing, Tim? Oh, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) What? So you don't have, like, a pattern (laughs) on bad jokes, all right? I can do bad jokes, too. Uh, No, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. It could be good. We'll see, though. Alright, uh next up, Great Point Media has boarded uh sales on Gwl e Double D. Okay. Gweld. Gweld. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no the L's before the E. Oh. I don't know. Gled. <laughs> Okay. Leh, leh. Well, unsurprisingly, it's a Welsh film, and the Welsh language is absolutely ridiculous. And this is a, a hey, you're gonna offend our Welsh listeners. And the Welsh language is ridiculous, though it, it absolutely is. If you've ever like heard anyone speak Welsh, it is the most silly-sounding, hard-to-speak nonsense ever. Okay. And this film is going to be in Welsh. This is going to be a Welsh-language film. Okay. All right. <laughs> filmed in welsh the picture follows a young woman serving privileged guests at a dinner party in a remote house in rural wales the assembled guests do not realize that they're about to eat their last supper Ooh, okay it sounds i'm intrigued i mean it's hard we don't know what the plot actually is like okay we know that they're at a dinner party and something bad happens but is it a monster is it a serial yeah. killer is it a vampire <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> uh is it a ghost like who knows but, Wait, so so this movie, it's uh, it, it's already out, and then someone just acquired the rights to it. Is that? Um, it's boarded sales. Yeah, it's it's been filmed, and someone's okay. yeah, yeah, bought bought the bought the bought it to 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 uh, put it in, out in the U.S. So okay. the film stars. I was gonna say the film stars Anne Elway uh, from Little Women, Nia Roberts from Under Milkwood, uh, and Julian Lewis from. Sorry, Julian Lewis Jones from Justice League. Uh, oh, I've heard of that one. Um, so, yeah, um, the director here, uh, Lee Haven Jones, has directed episodes of Doctor Who, The Bay, and uh, Vera. So, okay.
1: So, uh, yeah, I'm wondering if uh, you know if this movie has some good buzz about it. If there's something notable about it, that's why like someone's trying to
0: get the U.S. rights to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is intriguing. It's so weird that someone chose to film a movie in Welsh, like. <laughs> well, no, but it's not like Welsh people don't also speak English, like. They... Yeah. <laughs> but okay. they, they chose to go with Welsh. Okay, interesting. It's interesting. It's not like I'm speaking Gaelic, <laughs> all right. I can't speak Gaelic. I don't I have no interest in speaking Gaelic. It's fine. Sure. Okay. Are you aware that Gaelic is a? There's a Scottish, ancient, well, not ancient, but... Oh, maybe it is ancient, I don't know. It's an old Scottish language. Yes, I've seen the Leprechaun films. I know what Gaelic means. Yeah, but there's different Gaelics. There's Irish Gaelic, Welsh (laughs) Gaelic. I mean, Welsh is a form of Gaelic, technically, but they're being stubborn and clinging to it.
1: (laughs) Okay. Maybe we should make a horror movie where, like, you know, uh, all these people are trapped in a room and they all speak a different form of Gaelic, so they have to try to work together to... (laughs)
0: get out oh dear Uh, next up (laughs) IFC Midnight is going to release a a film called Knaves and Skin in theatres and VOD on December 6th Hopefully this doesn't sound too good because we have a schedule all mapped out, and oh. this might be this might be a last-minute addition. Uh, so, uh, so what a true horror fan, I hope this horror movie isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> that's not me speaking as a horror fan. That's me speaking as a podcast, um, like schedule person, scheduler, manager. That's the word, manager. Yes. Uh, Big year for knives yeah yeah knives and skin what happened to carolyn Kar- sorry carolyn Har- harper part suburban nightmare part neon soaked teenage fever dream this tantalizing mystery traces the wave of fear and distrust that spreads across a small midwestern town in the wake i, I feel like i'm doing the resident evil intro here it's not a <laughs> small midwestern town even though raccoon city in the following games was clearly not a small midwestern town <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> like what the hell this looks yeah. like chicago what, what's happening uh, small midwestern town uh, in the wake of a high school girl's mysterious disappearance as the loneliness and darkness lurking beneath the veneer of everyday life gradually comes to light a collective awakening seems to overcome the town's teenage girls gathering in force until it can no longer be contained unfolding in a hallucinatory haze of lushly surreal images knives and skin is a one-of-a-kind coming-of-age noir that haunts like a half-remembered dream.
1: It sounds like it's got some buzzwords that you're going to like. (laughs) Neon. Noir.
0: Yeah, it it, it sounds like uh, I I don't know. Refin had sex with David Lynch and (laughs) uh, they're throwing a little bit of spring breakers and out out came (laughs) knives and skin. Uh, I'm intrigued. I'll give it that much. Uh, It's written and directed by Jennifer Reader, who... Did uh, signature move and Crystal Lake. Okay. Uh, uh, it stars Marika Engelhart, uh, Audrey Francis, and Tim Hopper. So there you go.
1: So uh, obviously the movie must be done because it's uh, like less than a month that it comes, or about a month uh, that it comes out.
0: Yeah, was that, um, it was at Tribeca. was people okay. were reviewing it when it was in, in Tribeca. So I wonder if there's a trailer out for it. Yeah, there probably is. There's probably a trailer over there. Um, it sounds wild from the description. Um, yeah. The screenshot that's on uh, on this article is very colourful, so I think it may be a visual feast if nothing else. <clears throat> cool. That's knives and skin. Uh, yeah. Next up, this is perhaps the head... I should have probably put this first. This is clearly the headliner of the week. Uh, <laughs> so, Nicolas Cage... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. And I've not even got to see the last thing, the crazy thing he did, because it's not been made well available yet. Uh, is is He loves being paired up with uh, weird concepts. So okay. coming from Deadline, Cage is set to star in director Kevin Lewis's Wally's Wonderland. That's Wally's Wonderland. All right. Okay. It, I, I saw this
1: headline, but I didn't, uh, like look into what it what it's about i didn't realize this is a horror
0: movie it's a horror film wherein nicholas cage will play a janitor forced to spend the night in a twisted amusement park where he is pulled into a living nightmare as as the threatening animatronic characters come to life the janitor has (laughs) to fight his way from one monster to another to survive until morning and get out of the park this is five nights at freddy's with nicholas cage
1: (laughs) Uh hey, I'm sold. I don't I don't need to know anymore except for when the release date is because I Pro- I'll get my ticket ready.
0: Uh, Production is going to start early next year. Uh and apparently uh who said this? Uh, the director was saying this. For me, there was always this one actor and only actor who can make this movie work and that actor is Nicolas Cage. I'm thrilled to be working with him and can't wait to see him go up against Wally and his gang of psychopathic misfits. I see this movie as Pale Rider versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay. I mean,
0: I don't want to get my expectations too high, but like, I feel like it's hard not to... Uh oh, sure <laughs> when, when you read an article like this with Nicolas cage name attached to it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love yeah, how he's, he's found his niche right he's found this niche now where he does these crazy wacky movies where it's like he's, he's just allowed to be Nicolas cage
1: yeah yeah i think like a you know enough directors now are just like um you know th- they understand that like when you sign up for him like there's a type of cage that you expect and that you want, and you know, it sounds like a lot of people are delivering on that, which is fun,
0: oh. yeah. Uh, so we got trailers to talk about. Cool. Uh, two of them. First one is the new remake of The Grudge, which I if this trailer, if I remember correctly, said was coming in January, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, this may actually be the first new release we do of the year, uh, of the year, assuming that we both get at the same time. Because, in I'm just looking at the description on YouTube, it says January 3rd, which is, uh, yeah, early I mean that's like you know we'll, we'll yeah. be back in after new year and it'll be like here's your potentially shitty grudge remake Tim what'd you think of the trailer
1: well I don't uh, well first of all I don't know if it's supposed to be a remake didn't we do a news story before that said this is basically supposed to occur at the same time as the first grudge movie it's just it takes place in America
0: oh you're right I think we did hear that but there's definitely some remake elements in this they do the shower oh, thing sure. again like the hand coming out of the oh, and the showers yeah. there again
1: yeah i don't know exactly what you would call it like it's a maybe like a kind of like a reboot or something but not necessarily but it seems like you know the continuity may be intact but um i don't know i don't think the i i would say that i'm i am pretty excited for this because i do like the grudge franchise so i'm excited mm-hmm. to see it back um, particularly the you know, original Japanese movie Juon is like, like honestly, one of my favorite uh, horror movies of all time, and the first American remake. I, I don't, I don't think it's bad. Like, it's uh, definitely not as good as the original, but it's like okay. You know, as far as American remakes go, um, and then you know, the sequels uh, after that are you know drop off pretty significantly. Um, so, so, I, I want to say that I'm a little excited. The trailer. Um, I don't think it's the worst trailer in the world, but it is, you know, a lot of the generic stuff (laughs) that we see all the
0: time. It's got, it's the went with that scratching kind of like sound effect in the music. Um, It actually, it felt very, you know, that that plucking of the strings. It it was making me think of some very specific trailers. I just can't think of them right now to, to actually see what they are but well i mean it, it's pretty much like almost like every other horror
1: trailer you ever see yeah as well especially like when you talk about like hollywood movies like there's always this kind of like um like it always kind of sounds like a ticking clock it's like to to yeah exactly yeah there's a big string and um so
0: i i don't know like i
1: i want to hold out a little hope but yeah, it's not like the trailer's really wowing me.
0: Do you know, Tim, we get slightly different release dates for this, and it's just long enough that I think we can do it. <laughs> we can't do it uh, in January. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see. You get it in the third, I get it in the 31st. That's just long enough that there's no way you can go and see that like, close yeah. to when I get it. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I mean, maybe once it gets close to your release date, if, you know, by chance at some theaters, I who knows it. About, but...
0: It's probably yeah. going to be gone after a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just not that type of movie. Uh, so hey, home video in like April. Look forward to sure. it. that's when we'll review it. Um, but that's coming out in January, so look forward to it. Hopefully, like you say, the trailer's very generic. There's some act. I mean, you know, you got um, a Betty Gilpin in there from uh, yeah. from Glow, uh, Stephen. Uh, not Stephen. Sorry, John Cho from uh yeah. from uh searching, searching and you know Star Trek and you know all the other stuff he's been. Tons in. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, so,
1: yeah, I mean that yeah, the actors are good. So it's uh, I mean, obviously, you know, January release state is never too uh, hopeful, but I don't know. I, I'm at least hoping it's like okay. You know, that uh, I'll at least settle for like going to see it, being like, all right, that wasn't bad.
0: Yeah, January and February for what horror movies is not a not a good time and you know, February especially for any type
1: of movie is a good
0: <laughs> True, true. But February <laughs> next year is especially like I mean <laughs> Brahms the Boy Two is out in February, Tim, and that, that's yeah. just a bad sign.
1: I think it's gonna be a game changer. I think that'll like will will start to make people think like, oh, this is a viable month to release big hits and whatnot. <laughs> what if like what what if Brahms the Boy Two is like what are the first horror movies to cross a billion. Do
0: you
1: think? <laughs> <laughs> I think it can happen. <laughs> oh. Although I don't know if I want that to happen then, because then maybe Disney will try to get their greedy hands on it, Like, ooh, this is a pretty popular franchise. Maybe we should get in the boy business.
0: Wait <laughs> <laughs> the you said. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I think it happen perhaps the point taken was the first time we made aggressive it's possible I don't know, like how much you're laughing at that <laughs> <laughs> oh well, my face hurts what? now
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see in February I don't want to
0: <laughs> no. well, oh would you like to put a wager on it Tim I'd half- <laughs> I'll happily put a wager on this if you want
1: Maybe, uh, if it doesn't happen, I'll let you pick the movie for uh, (laughs) the the next movie we do after. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God.
0: (laughs) The first one... What did the first one make, like, a hundred million total? (laughs) Eh, Probably, it's (laughs) it's reasonable. The Boy 2 is going to come out and do ten times what the first movie did.
1: At the time, though, it was an unknown quantity. Now that people know (laughs) what the franchise is... They'll not stay away. They'll stay
0: away in droves, I agree. No. no, 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 no,
1: no. No, no, no. That's not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> Do you think the boy two will be the most horror movie that brings a billion dollars? I was not prepared for that that question. I was not prepared. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to the second and final trailer. Uh uh blood bags. Which is actually coming to uh, digital, uh, VOD, uh, DVD, Blu-ray, whatever, uh, in December. It uh, is uh, from director Emiliano uh, Ranz, sorry Ranzani, as the director's name. In the hmm. film, a creature stalks the corridors of an abandoned mansion. Two friends break in and discover that all the exits have been sealed off, and that the creature hunts them. Uh, is growing hungry for their blood. There is no escape. Um, creature because the trailer made it look more like a deformed human to me but i mean yeah i thought it was going to be more of a slasher or something yeah looked more like that to me but um what did you think of the trailer
1: i actually like this trailer i thought um it looked intriguing um it didn't really seem to give like too much of the story away other than like you know it seems like there's this photographer in italy i I think it seemed like yeah Uh, she's looking
0: for like a nice building to like take photos of yeah
1: um and then yeah and then it looked like you know some potentially creepy stuff happening uh so I, I don't know i thought it looked pretty cool like i again who knows how it'll turn out but i don't know I, i'm at least cautiously
0: uh, optimistic for this hey it could be the first horror movie to break a billion dollars tim
1: <laughs> well what? you never know <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear I, i'm a little surprised that, that new leprechaun movie didn't do it to me
1: well, yeah. I mean, you'd think it. Well, uh, to be fair, that was on. Um, they aired that on Sci-Fi. Oh, so of course. It's
0: not like, so, if, if, it, if it was released in theaters, uh, yeah. Sure, it would have had a chance. I'd it say. Had... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I almost wanted to happen, no just for the headlines. Like all the all the the, the pot of gold, uh, puns. Yeah, oh, yeah. Would, all the headlines would be. <laughs> the leprechaun finally found his gold. <laughs> Uh. Yeah, and I thought the trailer was okay. It, it kind of, uh, you know, like it didn't annoy me at first, which is a good sign because a lot of horror trailers annoy <laughs> me instantly. Um, it's yeah, like it's hard to tell like how, what the quality is going to be like, but it didn't do sure. anything to piss me off. Uh, it sounds yeah. like it's going to be these, or it, it looked like it was going to be these characters just sort of trapped in this big building and mm-hmm. like something chasing them around, and uh, hopefully some violence, uh, something that feeds on blood maybe by the sounds of it because it's <laughs> called blood bags, but yeah. uh, no, no, there's not, there's not bad potential. I, I could, I could see this being a decent little B movie if it's, uh, yeah, if it doesn't, you know, shut the bed, I guess. Yeah.
1: No, oh, totally. Yeah, I, I'd say,
0: um, yeah, I'm pretty curious at least for now. Hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the acting didn't feel like you know, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't look terrible visually, so yeah, blood bags. Uh, they're coming soon. Coming soon. So that actually wraps up uh, the news for the week, uh, and will lead us on to our feature presentation, which is Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. <laughs> so as always, we will start off spoiler-free. We'll give you warning before we go into spoilers, uh, but this is going to be Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. This is a... film based on a book that is full of short stories, and there was a lot of speculation. Sorry, three books. Sorry. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there was speculation before it came out, like, oh, would this be an anthology? Would it be this? Would it be that? And Mm -hmm. it isn't an anthology. It's actually, they have built a narrative for which uh, these different stories kind of feed into, Mm -hmm. and it is set in a small town, and we have these teenagers who discover this book in this kind of creepy old house uh, where, you know, legend has it this family kind of kept their daughter trapped uh, and -hmm. the daughter maybe poison some local kids but they find this mm-hmm. book and of course the book starts like having more stories like sort of appear in it and these stories are like happening for real they're happening in the town to other characters and the, the teenagers have to kind of try and deal with uh, what's uh, what's going on. So uh, that is the basic gist of the movie um, mm-hmm. I suppose before I even ask if you like the movie Tim, uh, had you read or how familiar with you, were you with the uh, the books oh
1: very familiar like i these are the ones that i definitely like grew up with uh which I, i'm assuming you haven't seen them before
0: no why, why are you assuming
1: okay. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you just see you don't seem to know a lot of horror stuff so
0: i just kind of <laughs> whoa <figured. laughs> whoa mister i think the body too might break a billion dollars at the theater uh
1: but no i mean i love that uh, i mean even before i started watching um horror movies that much uh when i was a kid i I loved reading and like i the stuff i loved reading was like horror stuff so i you know was totally a kid that grew up on like goosebumps and uh these were a staple and so i'm sure you probably heard like with these books that the scary thing in them isn't the actual stories because they just like retell like urban legends and myth and folklore which had you know they are entertaining uh but they're very short and you know they're not that scary. But what makes the books like stand out and why people still remember have a fondness for them are the drawings because the drawings in particular were like very um they had like a very specific style to them and they were like very kind of weird and creepy and especially like for a kid's book like you know you read a story that's just like oh yeah whatever but then you look at this horrifying (laughs) image and that's like you know what people probably would say would give nightmares and stuff so um and <clears throat> I actually, uh, my wife got me them for, uh, Christmas, maybe like a year or two ago. So I did actually reread them earlier in the year, uh, before the movie came out. Uh and, uh, and, they're still fun to read. Like they're, you know, they're very small, very short. Like you can read the whole thing in like, you know, one sitting. Um, and yeah, so the, so I, I would definitely say I'm a fan of the books. Um, and it, it is a very weird thing to adapt though, because yeah they are just all you know random different short things and um yeah it is kind of like how do you necessarily bring that together also um you know do you do like a pg kid rated you know movie because you know even though you know it's creepy and you know grown-up people now have a nostalgia for them like you know uh do you try to make it more adult or do you still go uh you know, for kids since they are like kids books. Um, and, uh, so, <clears throat> going into the movie, uh, I was actually kind of surprised how like a uh, adult, uh, it got, you know, cause it, you know, it's not like a full, you know, like R rated horror movie or anything. Uh, but they definitely don't shy away from like, you know, death and there isn't really much gore, but you know, like people do die and, you know, there is, um, you know, like swearing and stuff. So I was a little bit surprised by that. But uh, the overall, though, with the movie, uh, I, I think it was okay. Uh, I, I definitely didn't hate it. Uh, I wouldn't say I loved it. I think I was into it for maybe the first half or like two thirds when it was more just um, like you know dealing with uh these kids and like their kind of adventures and then having like the you know kind of like the one off different stories uh that are happening to them i like that stuff uh where it kind of loses it for me was the like kind of you know final act when it starts to feel more like a generic horror movie where it is just like okay now here is the you know uh plot uh antagonist kind of thing and the mystery that we have to solve and you know find a way to cure whatever is happening like that stuff to me just kind of that's when it kind of loses it but before then i i liked the you know like the characters and um the like when the stories are happening the creatures they kind of like are mimicking the art style of the book so uh, yeah I, I did like it overall but it is kind of a mixed bag for me i would say hmm
0: I actually have very similar feelings uh, to something you said there, where I thought it started off fairly promising. It had kind of a, uh, I want to say slightly grown up hocus pocus kind of feel to it. Um, yeah, you know, like,
1: it, 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 well, sorry, but like it, almost like um, I don't know if I want to say like full like Spielbergian or something, but I felt like we we're in for something like a. You know, like, one of those kind of kids' movies that, like, we grew up watching that you don't see a lot of any, you know, nowadays, where it's like, oh, this is cool that we're actually dealing with kids and stuff, and, like, but, you know, it's not, like, a dumbed-down, like, movie for five-year-olds. It's, like, a, you know, interesting kind of, like, fun kid adventure.
0: Yeah. Um, No, like, because I felt like, okay, these cast of kids feels very much like something I'd expect in an 80s movie, and uh they're relatively likable i mean i mean a couple of them are kind of dickheads but like they're kind of (laughs) likable dickheads um yeah totally and it kind of works for the most part you know the bully's a little bit over the top and again feels like an 80s movie not that it's set in the 80s it's set in 1968 but it feels like this is the way that someone in the 80s would write this movie set in 1968 um and i was kind of into the opening chunk of the movie um what I, th- I think it just kind of as it as the movie goes, it, it legitimately sort of declines as the movie goes on, and like you yeah. said, the third act is easily uh, the worst part, and easily just kind of like it just kind of buckles completely for me, uh, to the point where it, it does all the things I dislike about uh, like you know ghost movies and like whatever. And
1: I I, I totally agree. Yeah. It kind of feels like like where they're just kind of like doing like little snippets of these different stories i think that works and then it feels like all of a sudden they have to introduce like a plot and once you kind of get into that main plot that's where it's like a big dip
0: <laughs> yeah it was just you know very generic kind of backstory about this you know this girl and her family and she may have been crazy and she did these told these stories and may have killed people and it it's all very and it was fine at the start when they were kinda of just setting this stuff up because they were in the house, it was creepy This was how they mm-hmm. find the book. Um but it became such a pivotal part of the movie, that in the back half, like just what this backstory was, that them researching and trying to find information on it on, on this character became such a big plot focus. Uh and then, you know, like I I yeah, I, I would go as far as I say that I hated the last like twenty minutes. <laughs> uh so
1: I don't know if I would say I hated it, but I definitely went from like being, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I'm interested and I'm into this movie to being like deflated and just like, all right. Like, obviously I'm still watching cause I want to see what happens, but it's like, now you're just kind of spinning the wheels. Like, all right, let's just kind of get it over with. But yeah, I, I agree with what you said though. It is like, it, it just feels like the same ending we get for like every ghost movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like
1: there's always like a mystery and then yeah the characters like are desperately trying to research it and find it and then you know there's usually like some type of twist or something that they figure out and it just feels so um, you know whatever and, it, and it's a shame because yeah like before that I wouldn't say it was like an amazing movie but it was definitely something I was digging like I was like oh this is pretty cool and then yeah it's just kind of a big deflated but you know, I don't want to be too negative because it's not like that made me say, oh, I hate this movie. But yeah, it definitely uh, could have been a lot better.
0: It's funny, actually, because the, the early on, I was kind of thinking, because when it got to the first kind of horror story bit, like, I wasn't in love with the horror story. It was kind of like, this is kind of almost giving me some vibes of the first It! movie where I kind of like the kids and kind of like the adventure vibe that it has. and. Yeah the horror is kind of there because it's there for the plot, but it's not necessarily doing much for me on in and of itself. And I was kind of okay with that. Uh, the problem is, though, is that it, as the movie goes on, it kind of becomes more and more like just like a typical horror movie where the kids yeah. are, you know, trying to solve whatever. Um, so, because the horror stuff for me is mostly just kind of like... They're kind of these weird sort of pulpy light stories, which I don't necessarily mind yeah. in, in essence, but and this is going to sound controversial. I don't actually like how a lot of the creatures and, like figures look i'm not really into the style and i know that's what people love about the book is all the drawings and i'm sure i'm sure they they you know they they lavishly try to recreate the the what they look like in the drawings but uh, yeah. for me like for the most part i didn't know necessarily like how they looked that much something and i know they're mostly practical um including the one towards the end that it's definitely got some cg on it because it lo- i thought yeah. it looked quite bad uh yeah end. me
1: too I didn't I I would have guessed that, that was all CG because I didn't th- <laughs> think it looked that great Well
0: apparently there was like some practical elements to it okay. there was an actor doing stuff but um the, I mean just the face alone looks CG to me so I, I'm not sure if we're, yeah. we're just talking mocap here or if we're talking but yeah I thought it looked rough so I don't know hmm.
1: Yeah I I mean I think there were like two that for me I, I thought did what did it well um and then, and I, I think that uh, and then yeah the the others I, I wasn't feeling as much but I I mean I think that's kind of the problem too is like, um you know there's a lot of stories in this book and it feels like, you know they really don't cover that many and yeah like when they do do the horror elements they seem to be like very quick
0: you know. Uh, yeah, they're very short se- sections actually. They're not like yeah. very prolonged. It really feels like a little like I don't even want to say five minutes. Like for the most part, they're even less than that. Yeah. Uh, And like
1: I don't know, it just seems like a very weird movie. Like like I'm not sure exactly who this is for. Like I think obviously the big thing is you know a nostalgia grab for the people that grew up on these books. But I mean honestly though, is like all right, is this a movie for kids? Like you know (laughs) because if it if it is, like I'd be kind of surprised because of you know some of the more adult elements in it but then also it's like well it doesn't really feel like you know a movie for adults either mm. like, it seems like it's in this weird kind of in between where i don't know maybe if they like, made up their mind and kind of went one way or the other uh it might have been a little better
0: yeah yeah i think that's fair i yeah it's, it's, a... it's a shame because right. oh yeah
1: Oh no, actually, and I, and I do just want to bring up for the record. I actually really like this uh, director. Um, so the, uh, you know, he did Troll Hunter and uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe, which are two movies I really like a lot.
0: Yes, and um, Andre uh, Over- to- well, Overdahl. Overdal.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I usually, I mean, obviously that's not a ton of movies, but I usually, you know, like his stuff. So. Hmm.
0: Um. I, uh, I like Trollhunter, I liked Otossio Jane Doe, with the exception of maybe The Last Act kind of falling apart, which I yeah. think is even more true in this one, so maybe it's a worrying trend for his his movies, maybe maybe yeah. I'm going to be concerned going forward, anything he's attached to, I'm going to be like, well, it might be good but uh, he's now got like a bit of a trend for me where he kind of shits the bed towards the end.
1: I, I don't necessarily mind the ending of... Uh... The autopsy of Jane Doe, uh, it, it's definitely not the strongest part in my opinion, but I, I don't mind it. But I, I I see what you're saying, though.
0: Hmm. I, it's funny because I actually like how the movie looks for the most part. Um, yeah. I don't like how the horror stuff looks, but I actually like how the town <laughs> looks. I like how the characters look. I like the yeah. feeling that it evokes this again, sort of in the past, small town.
1: And, you know, I think... Uh, th- it seems like kind of a weird choice having it set in the '60s, but I kind of like that stuff. Like, oddly enough, like, um, I, I guess there's one specific part of it that can't really talk about because uh, I, I guess it's kind of a spoiler. But um, you know, it, it plays uh, you know a specific role in, in one of the characters, and I actually thought like, oh, this is kind of like an interesting thing to be talking about uh, in this movie. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I heard some people saying like. That it was a weird thing to set it in there, but I actually kind of dug that.
0: For me, I think it was because it was going for these pulpy horror stories. So I, I got the idea that the reason that why it was sense. set in the sixties is because it was a you know a simpler like time. It was before cell phones. It was, you know, more kind of. Um, I mean, hell, arguably, <laughs> I, I think the fact that it's set around uh, the the you know, the, the start of Vietnam is is kind of important. This idea like, because that that very much in terms of like culture was like the end of the. Uh, the summer of love and like the beginning of True, yeah. uh the, the cynicism and the jd kind of attitudes that came from vietnam and the, the the shit that was going on in the world uh so you tie that into the idea of these adolescents growing up and this is kind of them losing their innocence and the, the, the darker stuff coming in and yeah. uh the, the shock of reality and accepting kind of whatever like that, that kind of thing tying that into like with the 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 election and and nixon becoming president and and all that stuff yeah. that works uh mm. in theory i don't think the movie does enough with it to really make it matter i think the themes i was talking about there about how uh the coming of age elements perhaps like i think that's been done way better in other movies like and, not, and i mean i mean horror sure. movies like i'm talking about it falls i think it follows is, is, is all about uh, growing up and the loss of innocence mm-hmm. um this is maybe trying to do it on a larger scale because it's trying to tie it into like you know the war and all, all this other stuff that's going on. Um, we have we have characters talking about the election in the background. We have characters talking about um, you know the draft and and signing up and things like that. Um, all all of these things are are, are are there, and it's an interesting choice to try and tackle some of that stuff in here um cuz i mean was there any indication in the in the stories in the books that it was set uh, was it was with the books written like in this time period like
1: uh i would say the um well like they're all dealing with uh you know again it's like a lot of urban legends and uh folklore stuff so there are some that like feel very um like i would say uh you know almost uh like you know like early you know like a what would you call that time century where not not like medieval i guess but like you know stuff like with like when you're talking about like peasants and um you know kind of stuff like dark
0: ages or
1: and uh, maybe i don't um... know like it's like there's some that feel like very um I guess like almost timeless, like maybe like something like when you think of like a fairy tale or something, like sure. maybe not thinking of a specific year, but not modern. Um, you know, because there's stuff that deals like with witches and stuff, but then there's also like stuff that um, is a little more modern that, you know, might have something to do with like cars and like, you know, uh, or a phone or something will be in it. So you know that it's like a modern day story, but it still didn't feel like, you know, like 80s or 90s stuff. Like it, it definitely does have a, you know, when you're dealing like with urban legends, and you talk about stuff like people going out to Lover's Lane and that kind of stuff, you know, has like a, you know, I, I guess probably like 50s, 60s kind of vibe it, to it.
0: it. And it makes sense to kind of set it in the 50s or the 60s to get that kind of feeling, but it doesn't just set it in the 60s though. It specifically sets it in '68 and uses yeah. the 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 politics of the of the year uh, very heavily in its plot. Like it talks about Vietnam, it talks about the election, it talks about these things. Like it it very much kind of says no we're set during this this is a part of our world and uh that's very specific that's not just like a a casual throwaway like oh we'll we'll do it we'll set it during this year for the feeling because then it'd just be okay they want it to load the 60s they want to load this time period so it's set in that year but they make it a part of the overall fabric they really talk about what's going on so it's a very specific choice and I, I think that's as interesting. I kind of appreciate it. I, I I kind of wish more horror movies were, were period pieces because I think it, sure. it works. I think it was refreshing not having characters like have their phones die <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> that happens like all the time now in horror movies.
1: And, uh, and as much as I love the 80s, it's like you can't set everything there. Sure. Like a, I like having something uh, that's a period piece that's, you know, not that because that's usually the go-to, which, you know, can be really fun a lot of the times, but... Yeah, it's
0: nice to see something different. Hmm. No, I agree. I agree. That was that was nice. Um, so yeah, uh, the cast are not bad. I, I think the kids are all pretty likable. I think um, yeah. they 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 do well with the roles. Uh, the bullies may be a bit over the top, but like, I, I think like a character like Chuck, who's kind of a dickbag, bag. Um, but he was yep. actually making me laugh a few times there's a there's a great moment in the middle where his sister's looking at a pimple in the mirror and <laughs> it reveals him standing beh- like behind her watching and he's just watching like like just kind of like half disgusted uh, just just watching and then it, even that, that scene ends with him yelling hey my banana like yeah, <laughs> like that scene was actually pretty funny it kind of made me chuckle quite a bit he, he was his comic timing despite the fact that he's kind of this teenage dishbag uh, kind of worked to made it kind of feel a bit more real
1: yeah I think uh, you know sometimes these characters are you know it's a very fine line between like uh, being charming and being annoying and actually did like him more than um, you know I probably would have thought I, I would because uh, yeah he, he is definitely that you know sarcastic jokey uh, kind of dumb character but you know he pulled it off and yeah I did have a, a couple of genuine laughs uh, with him as well
0: yeah, and then the main girl, Stella, is uh, fairly likable. She's a horror fan, and she's yeah. got horror movie posters all over her wall. And uh, like, I think it's interesting. This movie has Night of the Living Dead in it, and, oh, yeah. but it's actually the year that it came out. <laughs> it's like a new movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, true. Yeah. And it, this is a Lionsgate movie, so they could afford like the rights to get other movies. Because we always joke yeah. about how Night of the Living Dead is used yeah. a lot because it's public <laughs> domain. So It's like, hey, yeah. it's a famous movie, so people will recognize it, and we don't have to pay for it. So we'll we'll throw that in there. Um, oh, Interesting note, when we see it being uh, projected at the theatre, um, at the drive-in, it's, it's on a widescreen uh, screen. So I'm like, man, they're cropping the shit out of that. Because <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, if you don't know, is in 4x3. So uh, that was a, just something that bugged me. And maybe oh. actual theatres did this at the time, but it, it upset me. I was like, what are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> How dare you? Of always, course. always preserve the original aspect ratio. Sure. <laughs> yeah, or maybe maybe a better <laughs> phrase is the intended aspect ratio. What was it shot for? What was the cinematographer and the director, you know, picking their images with? Um. So no, um, I, yeah, it's a shame because there's so many things that I, th- I think are really likable about it, especially early on, and i just think it becomes a movie i don't like like the more it goes the more it becomes something i just find kind of dull and uh uninteresting there's a a scene in the middle where they they go to a character like an old character who was around um when this story happened which actually surprised me because i I was kind of like um i assumed it was even older than that i was like oh i was surprised someone's still alive from you know i thought it was like 100 years ago uh but not quite that old and they go to this old woman and she just kind of speaks in riddles and it was it was kind of like oh, we've, how many times have we seen this scene where in a supernatural movie they go to a character who was around years ago when something happened and they're kind yeah. of like senile and they can't talk properly but some of the, the nonsense that they say kind of feels relevant and you know like yeah
1: that, uh, that scene was like really unnecessary I don't um, I, I do wonder if this is like one of those movies that yeah, just had, like, a a bunch of extra stuff that they kind of, like, chopped and pieced together. Because there's, like, stuff that feels, like, underused. Like, um, the guy that plays uh, Stella's dad from uh, Breaking Bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dean like, uh, uh, Norris, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, it seems like that's, like, a, you know, uh, a well, well enough known actor who felt like he had, like, no purpose in this movie. Like, it seemed like such a wasted role. I don't know if maybe there was more of him, like, uh, you know, earlier on or something, uh, or if they intended to do something else with him. But it seems like, um, yeah, weird to get like an actor like that who maybe not the hugest actor, but I feel like a lot of people know him from Big and Bad*. That. Hmm. you know it's such a small role
0: also you know, actually you'll find him in Lethal Weapon 2 and he looks almost I... the exact same in that movie which was you know like 25 <laughs> years before Breaking Bad so <laughs> I don't know I always joke about this but it's it really is true like guys who go bald early end up looking mm. the same age for like 40 years like they yeah. they, they just kind of look the same for a long time <laughs> um, so like he um, yeah he is kind of underused and I I agree that that feels like there was stuff cut out of that, that plot like there's a whole thing about Stella's mother having left her as a kid, and like thematically, there it's, it's there to set up her character and, and give you kind of who she is, but and set up her abandonment and her being lonely and so on and so on. But um, it does feel like there's something missing there, uh, with with that character. Um yeah. no, I, I agree. I on, honestly, this is the other thing you mentioned. How some stuff felt like you know that, that unnecessary scene with the old lady. I feel like this movie is one hour fifty. It's all you know. It's it's not that oh, far yeah. away from two hours long. And yeah. I was surprised when I put it on that it was it was that long. I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is." <laughs> uh, and I was actually a little bit late to recording because of <laughs> that fact, because um, I was expecting ninety minutes. And it's not. I mean, it's not terribly paced. There's definitely, sure. you know, there's definitely worse examples and and so on. But uh. it 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 definitely could easily trim. You could easily trim ten minutes out of this. Um, oh without doubt yeah. maybe even 20 if you really went for it and you and you choose what, and i i this is the thing i like a lot of the the first act so i'd keep most of that i think that's all important stuff and i yeah. would just completely rewrite where it goes after that yeah for sure <laughs> is basically my thing but uh yeah. so yeah movies a bit too long so also also an issue uh i guess we'll go to spoilers i think we've been we've been dancing around things long enough so full spoilers for scary stories to tell in the dark, um, uh, I'll then we'll go through this one blow by blow, uh, per se. The, you know, we're interested the in characters, um, we're interested in Ramon, who's kind of the outsider, who's like driving through town. Uh, he receives a lot of racism in the movie. The the sheriff's really kind of racist towards him. Um, uh, the big twist with him is we find out that he's actually a draft dodger. He's actually on, I mean, on the run feels a bit strong, but you know he's kind of moving around to. Yeah to uh, avoid that and you know the movie ends because he survives obviously he, he he ends with him actually getting on the bus to go and it's the idea of him accepting his uh his responsibilities as, a, as an adult you know the idea that he's just turned 18 presumably and he's you know off yeah. off to do this um and that's kind of his arc for the movie um again it's one thing it's something i wish they'd done more with when, when they revealed like two-thirds through that, that he that that's what he that's why he's kind of on the run i was okay. like oh okay I, I, what are we are going to do with that and then it felt it like didn't really do much with the outside of him just accepting that he should do it by the end um
1: yeah uh, no I, yeah i agree with that like i thought that was an interesting choice and uh i did think it was weird like early on i was like uh i hope uh eventually we learn something more about this uh guy because yeah it does seem weird like um you know he, he's kind of like a, a blank slate uh early on but uh, i think it was like a very interesting choice uh, uh that they end up making um but uh, yeah i don't know I, I, mean, I feel like <laughs> i don't know he he didn't have to uh i kind of like wish he, he didn't end up like going to war at the end <laughs> or it seems like uh yeah, you can accept your responsibility, but you still don't have to like go to war if you don't want to.
0: Like, yeah, I, mean, I, I, th- I think your personal beliefs really sort of uh, come into this one, because I- I'm yeah. sitting there thinking, like, no, nah, screw them. nobody where Vietnam. You? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't... <laughs> you should not be forced to go to war. So, come on. Um, yeah. So you got that but um, the, the, the big and I liked a lot of this stuff in the early when they're running from the bullies because you know, they've, like, they've threw shit at them and eggs and, and whatever yeah. <laughs> else and the bullies are chasing them they run to the drive-in theatre and they end up in the car with uh, with Ramon that's how they meet him and they kind of bond a little bit there's a bit of chemistry between Stella and, uh, and Ramon
1: and, and again like you said like all this stuff is like really fun like it does yeah. feel like yeah one of those I don't know kind of like early like yeah, kids' adventure movies
0: or or something. Yeah, you, um, you, it almost feels like it could be a horror version of the Goonies. Like it could be going down yeah, that path. Yeah. You know, they're a little definitely. bit older than those characters because they're more like sixteen to eighteen. But yeah. like you know, like it definitely has that kind of feel to it to me. And you know, they go out of the house and you know, the creepy creeping around to find the book. Uh, and then I think the real thing we're going to talk about here is the the various stories and how how they happen. Uh, yeah. The first one is the bully. Uh, and it's the scarecrow story uh har i say yep yep and it's basically really simple that the scarecrow comes to life and chases him a little bit and eventually stabs him with a pitchfork and then the bully himself kind of starts growing hay and becomes a scarecrow he becomes yep. the scarecrow <laughs> and you know the characters kind of like come and see him you know Stella gets worried when he's when he when he disappears and they they come in and see him and it's like hey that scarecrow's wearing the Letterman jacket is that him like did he yeah. is it, did he become this, uh, and
1: they and like uh, they start noticing like the stories in the book, Because uh, like the yes. book starts writing itself when the, when the things start happening. Um, what did you think then, of yeah,
0: what did you think of this first one though this uh, this Harold section? Uh,
1: I I like this one I I think. Um, like you said the bully is over the top but i actually do like when they do that in movies like uh like i always think a bully character is interesting and like i like when he is uh like so very over the top to the point where you're like jesus like why why is no one doing anything about the, this person um but uh yeah the and uh, i like the the way the like the scarecrow looked and uh i think we, we might differ our, uh, on that because uh, the the look and stuff did work for me and i liked when it was kind of moving around and stuff uh and i do remember the scarecrow from the books but i don't remember what actually happens in the story uh, hmm. so yeah <laughs> what's kind of funny about uh well i'll go into it in like the next one um but no, th- this one, uh, you know, worked
0: for me. I, I thought it was uh, like pretty cool. That was okay. I, I thought they-, they overdid the sound effects because when he started moving, it was like these really loud, like over the top sound effects and stuff. Um yeah. I think the the sort of ending of it was kind of weird to me because they stabbed him with the pitchfork and I thought, okay, he's, he's going to murder him like a slasher villain, cool. And then yeah. the kid like starts like coughing up hay, and I'm like, wait a minute what are we doing here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and he becomes a scarecrow himself and i'm like oh, okay all right so we're doing sort of quirky little ends like that fine yeah. uh and like what i think
1: is kind of weird with it though and, and again i feel like this is part of the movie not knowing if it's for kids or you know uh, adults or whatever but like he gets stabbed with a pitchfork but there's like no blood yeah Like, yeah. I, is, I, I is, is it pg-13 because i
0: feel like that that felt pg-13 to me it, it has to be pg-13
1: yeah yeah but like i don't know if it's like um maybe like more on the 13 side you know because because like yeah we watch like a lot of pg-13 horror movies but the, you know you can still have blood and stuff in it like um uh, maybe it's like pg-13 because it is there's more grown-up stuff but it's still not like you know going like full gore or anything.
0: Yeah, I think the racism and stuff is probably the more harsh elements that, you know. Yeah, for I, I think that
1: stuff. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say like that. That's like some more of the adult themes. Like, uh, like, like honestly, like that kind of surprised me more. Like dealing with stuff like that versus, yeah, like, you know, crazy monsters coming alive and attacking people.
0: Yeah, uh, the next one was uh, I actually misread this because the, the 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 handwritten like font in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I thought it said Joe, not Toe, because oh. uh, it was like, was it one one big Joe, one lost Joe? Or yeah, not... yeah, something. Uh, so I, was, I thought it said Joe, and then it was it wasn't until it, like the story got going, I was like, oh, it said Toe. That makes more sense. <laughs> um, and this is uh the the sort of more uh, I won't say pretentious, but you know he's he's, you know, he's you know, yeah
1: um, he he's kind of like I guess he would probably be like you know if you're looking at like you know archetypes i guess he'd be kind of like the nerdy character but yeah not like a like ooh comic booky kind of guy but yeah like a more little uh fastidious kind of guy
0: yeah like a little, little bit of a smart ass you know kind uh, of kind of that like
1: early on in the movie he's dressed up like a you know everyone just thinks he you know he's a clown or whatever but he keeps correcting him and saying like no i'm like this you know, uh, Della Arte, like French, you know, mime or like whatever,
0: yeah, was a petit <laughs> or some <of those. laughs> yeah, like something, like something like that? <laughs> I can't remember, I wasn't going to bring it up because so I couldn't remember what he said he actually was, but you went there anyway, Tim. Yeah. So,
1: but I mean, yeah, it was basically <laughs> a funny gag, though, where just like everyone's like, No, you're a clown, and he's like, No, I'm like this very, you know, artsy, pretentious, thing
0: yes uh so basically i did actually
1: i did like the the costumes at the beginning too like the kid uh you know then the other like smart ass kid he wanted to be spider-man but his mom just got him like a spider costume
0: yeah yeah, pardon me um that's actually kind of funny because spider-man's not that old in 1968 yeah spider-man's like five (laughs) years old at this point or something like that (laughs) yeah he's a new concept um so this is a uh, the 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 zombie woman looking for a lost toe, which is inside yeah. the stew that's in the fridge. Which, by the way, so this kid, this uh, I think Augie was his Augie. name. Yeah. yeah, he's on the phone to his mum, and he's like, "Hey, so you you left with the, the new husband for the weekend without <laughs> like you know getting food and stuff, and uh, that's kind of I'm gonna eat this stew that's in here." And you just you don't hear what she says. He's like, "Well, someone had to make it. It's here. I'm gonna eat it." And I'm like. If you tell your like if you love your parents right and you say and you you say hey, mom, I'm gonna eat this food that you you made and because it's not like a a packaged thing it's like a pot of something that's been yeah. cooked, I'm gonna eat this cooked food that's in here and they say wait I didn't make that, I'm not touching it after that sentence because I don't know where it came oh, sure. from I, I, I'm not I'm not trusting what's in there yeah <laughs> he's just spooning it like nothing nobody's business and even when uh because oh, this is like the second one so that this time Stella's is actually looking at the book so they're actually trying to call him and try to tell him hey you're in this next yeah. story like don't eat anything and he's like just yeah. taking mouthfuls as they're saying this he's not paying attention to them and he eats the big toe which honestly yeah. disgust i hate people eating things like this uh oh yeah <laughs> and chewing it and then realizing and spitting it back oh. out the whole thing is disgusting um, it's gross. Yeah. I was like, for God's sake, like, just look at, look at it
1: before you, you like eat anything.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> and then, uh, so like, what's funny is like, I, I do remember this story from the books and that uh, what's interesting about the way the books are written is like, um, you know, this was basically a story, uh, and it's like very weird. Again, it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a myth folklore kind of thing where like a woman is, um, like walking along, and she sees a toe sticking out of the ground, and like it's a vegetable or something. She just kind of just plucks it up, and is like, oh, this will be good in a stew. And then, you know, she goes home and um, cooks it in a stew. And then, you know, at, during the night, she starts hearing like you know a, a ghostly voice say like, "Who took my toe?" Um, but what's interesting with the way uh, the books are written is a lot of times they don't really have endings, and like, um, what they'll do is. <clears throat> uh, like a lot of the times that the author, you know, will be telling the story and then instead of an ending, like they'll put something like now turn to your friend and say, boo, or something like, it'll just basically just be like, a, you know, Oh, then the woman got closer and closer and closer. And then like in parentheses, they'll say like, now is when you, cause you, there's supposed to be stories that you kind of like read aloud to your friends and stuff and like mm. try to scare them. Uh, so then yeah, instead of endings they'll just have like directions for like you know to scare someone or whatever Um, so I think that's kind of like another problem with doing an adaptation like this where you have stories that might have cool interesting concepts uh, and then like cool illustrations with them but then ultimately like the endings just end up being kind of underwhelming like it's just like yeah, he gets dragged under a bed, or
0: it's a, it's a know. really generic like thing. It's just like being yeah. dragged into the darkness under the bed, whereas he's like clawing at the floor. It's like yeah. a, a nothing moment, you know. Yeah. Uh. So that. Yeah, that was that one, and uh, the next one is the the red spot, which is a uh, you think is going to be Chuck because he uh, has like ketchup on his shirt, but it's actually his sister who was introduced, and Augie can add a crush on her. Um, she got more likable because she tried to stick up for them when the the bully was uh was a uh, being mean to them and trapping them in the house, and she basically has this big pimple that keeps getting bigger and bigger, and when she goes to burst it. Basically, it reveals like a bunch of bugs and spiders or whatever it is, and uh, you know, but they, they actually show up in time to try and save her, and they, they pour like you know water over from a mop uh, or from a bucket rather, yeah. and like they save her, she's not dead, but she goes to a mental (laughs) institution, so she's pretty messed up.
1: What I I think is funny about this is, like, uh, you know, I I think, like, a little later on, they mention, uh, I think they talk to the sheriff or whatever, and they're like, oh, like, uh, and they talk about her and he says, like, yeah, but, like, you know, you you saved her, but she's going to be in a mental institution for the rest of her life, and it's like, the rest of her life? Like, it's been a day. Like, I think, you know, give her a little credit, like, I'm sure she's, you know, not gonna be—it's uh, a traumatic experience, but and I feel like it wouldn't be the kind of thing that you would just uh, like. All right, your life is over now.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it feels a bit quick to be making that prognosis, especially from this guy. Yeah. Uh, but that's also, this also—this is also the guy who's been racist all movies, So I mean, it's not like we're—that's true. Really, really taking anything he's saying at uh, yeah. the face value here. But he, uh,
1: but I, I was oh, well, just a. To, we'll keep going uh, with this particular story, though. I, uh, I I do like this one. Like, it is, uh, again, it, it feels like a very urban legendy kind of thing. And uh, I I liked a lot of that stuff, like, leading up to it. Like, uh, I actually did feel bad for the character because, like, everyone's just constantly telling her, like, ew, that's gross. Like, you gotta do something about that. And then, uh, yeah, like, her, like, kind of, like, poking at it in the mirror and stuff uh, and then, like, seeing, like, a little leg come out. Like, I thought that was some good body horror stuff. I do think... Once it bursts open, the spiders were pretty CGI, mm-hmm. you know. Like I don't think it looked great.
0: Yeah, no, it didn't look good. Um, the next one is in the hospital because they after they go to visit the old lady, they they basically say, "Oh, there'll be hospital records of her being at this place," and they sneak in uh, and they try to go to the red room, which is like this record room. And uh, Ramon and Stella are looking through this stuff, and they find out that. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, Sarah, the, the ghost that, that that wrote all these stories that the the legend was about. That, that, that did all this. She, she didn't poison poison kids. It was her family. Her family were evil, and her family like tortured her. And uh, her brother was like the doctor who worked at this hospital and like did electroshock therapy on her and like all sorts of things. So it sounds like this this monstrous family were just like absolutely like, you know, awful to her. Um, and th- and this is kind of like you know where i think her her mother leaving kind of stuff comes into it and um, because the big yeah. thing with the ghost is at the end is that she says to her that you know yes your family were horrible to you and all of that is on them they did awful things and you can't be blamed for that but you've become a monster just like them and that is on you and i think that's kind of like feeding into to her because she's she's you know very worried that she can't leave her dad and she's she's worried that that'll like you know correlate with what her mother did and you know she you know it, it kind of ties into her relating to her in a lot of ways she's also a bit of a loner she's also writing creepy stories like it does all these things yeah. um to try and kind of link them in i think it's a little bit thin i don't think it really works for me but this was kind of the big first hint of it um is, is, is this stuff here where we find out the backstory again far too detailed too much stuff um i hate that we actually see her like meet the ghosts at the end and like sort of living out all that stuff i that's just all very generic to me uh but the actual horror story here is um chuck's running around on his own in the hospital and i I didn't quite catch the name of this one it's the the pale lady the pale lady yes it's this, this sort of fat deformed uh lady who's sort of stalking him down the hallway everything turns red red lighting and is stalking him, and every time he tries to run the all directions, she seems to be coming from it, from the new direction. Whatever way he's running to, she seems to end up coming from that direction. And she's getting closer and closer, and it ends with her absorbing him. She kind of hugs him and just kind of absorbs him into her stomach. And I, I kind of, this is probably my favorite one just because it has such a trippy visual. Like the actual yeah. visual of him getting absorbed into her is actually kind of unique uh, and felt weird and kind of like, oh, surreal and. What's going on?
1: Yeah, I think this one was done really well. I like the. I uh, actually think it had like a lot of really good lead up uh, into it. Like the, you know, because because he's mentioning like earlier before about how he's having these bad dreams and like, um, within this red room and, you know, uh, that's why when they go into the records room, uh, he's like, oh no, like I'm, I'm not going there. Like you, you know, I don't want to end up like my dream. Uh, but then he ends up getting chased around, and I think the the actor did like a really good job like conveying like the you know, kind of panic that he's starting to feel. And then once, you know, he's kind of like off on his own little section and then the alarms start blaring and everything starts turning red. It's like a nice little, like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, you know, it's going down. And then, um, yeah, just the ominous like figure constantly coming towards you, no matter like which way you turn was just, yeah, really cool. Um, again, it, it does seem like a weird, like out of nowhere ending. Like, it's just like, all right, that's it. like, I mean, it, mm. it does, like, look cool, him getting absorbed into her, but, again, it just kind of feels like... Like, there's no, like, connectedness to these stories or anything. Like, they're entertaining to watch, but it's just like, all right, so what's the ultimate end game of these stories? What are they trying to do? Are these people dying? Are they actually dead, or
0: well, are they being, like... <laughs> more on that later, Tim, because the ending yeah. kind of muckies this up a little bit, but... yeah. Um, he he gets absorbed, and this one worked for me, I think, because it was just a simple kind of, like, no, this stalking monster's coming and coming, no matter what he does, it keeps getting closer, and then it gets to him, and that's it, he's done. Uh, And it was a trippy visual. Uh, But the other kids get arrested for being in the hospital, and this is where we, we, you know, we have the stuff with the sheriff, and I think probably my least favourite, like, creature or character, you know, horror character is in this bit, where... Uh, this body comes in in parts and then kind of forms in together and it's kind of this, again, apparently a lot of this was practical, but a lot of it looks very CG to me. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not like how this looked at all but they go on the run and the you know they steal the cop car after the sheriff gets killed by the monster and they're you know, riding away from it and Ramon's like, hey, you have to go tell uh, Stella, you have to go tell Sarah the ghost the truth and end this. And this is some of the stuff that I hate the most about these types of movies. And why I'm so upset this became such a generic sort of like supernatural movie by the end. Any ending of a story like this where the, the, the culmination, the 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 way it's solved, the the answer to the problem, is the main character basically bargaining with the ghost and try to convince them to like you know like, hey, it's not your fault, you can be better than this. Like, you know, like yeah. you've become this monster now. Uh, anything that involves them just convincing them and appealing to their humanity and then for the especially when the ghost actually goes along with it and does actually say hey okay end the story use your blood and she gives you know stella the the pen and she like writes the end of the story to, to to wrap everything up um and which by the way Ramon's done a really good job like fending off this monster <laughs> for like a long time while this is all going on because uh, Stella ends up like sort of becoming Sarah for like a flashback and she's like going through the house and the family's like dragging her by the hair and doing all these things and like I just I hate this scene anything like this where you can just talk to the ghost and kind of convince it like hey maybe you shouldn't do this I'm like well I don't know that's just ruins any creepiness that might have been there like I don't know. <laughs>
1: it's also like a weird (laughs) kind of message. Like you mentioned earlier, like when she said, you know, something along the lines of like, yeah, like what your family did to you was horrible, but now you, you're becoming a monster and stuff. And it's like, Hmm. what's the message here that like, you know, people who suffer trauma, (laughs) like become like monsters themselves. Like uh, it's kind of strange. And then uh, I'll like, to be completely honest, like, I don't know if I really like understood like what was happening at this point. Not necessarily that it's like, confusing but it's just like it feels like they throw like so much stuff uh at you like all of a sudden that you're just like uh wait what like like yeah like a, like he, he you know the big thing is like he's sound like you have to tell her the truth i'm like what truth like what like why does that matter
0: like yeah like
1: but why is that a thing
0: the truth being that hey we know you didn't poison the kids you're innocent like you didn't do that that kind of thing
1: uh, like, like why? <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. For some reason, they think that'll solve the, the solve the problem. That, that'll fix yeah. everything. Um, I, I I mean, they're right. It
1: does, but like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I, again, I think what it's saying is that you don't have to be like if your if your parents were awful, you don't have to be them. And I think Stella's yeah. fear that she'll become her mother and abandon her father uh, is oh, kind sure. of like yeah. you know leading into this. No, you you don't have to like be them. You can be better uh you could you don't have to be a monster kind of thing i think that's what it's going for um but i hated this scene with with the passion um the epilogue's really weird because she she starts the movie off by narrating right and it comes back at the end and she's narrating what was what's going on here and it's like her and her dad are moving and it does this weird reveal where uh chuck's sister's with them not not with her parents chuck's sister has moved with them and they're leaving town And the narration is really weird here because she says something like, I know Chuck and Augie are still actually out there, and the secret (laughs) to getting them back is in this book. And I'm like, Is this some sort of weird sequel bait? What is this? Like, why Uh, does she think she can, like, take them back out of the book? And, like, I don't know. Because as she was saying this, like, we're going to find you, and the camera, like, pans, and we see Chuck's Chuck's sister in the back seat. You know, she's got, like, a a big scar on her cheek from the the whole spider thing, but she's fine, and she's smelly, and I thought, this is a really weird ending. Like they're teaming up to like, try and find the guys who disappeared somehow. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's super weird. Uh, and. Especially uh, since they've already beat the ghost. The ghost has already backed off and said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to stop this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know what, um, like if that's what they're saying, like what happens to them then, like maybe they've been absorbed into the book, but I, I mean, I, I guess if, that's your point. Like, I feel like maybe it should have been like clearer. Uh, cause that's what I was trying to think of like, okay, when, cause it feels like the bully dies in his story, but then like the, cause like, well, or, you know, becomes a scarecrow or whatever, but that seems like that's death, you know? Mm. Uh, but then like the other ones, it's like, okay, you're getting dragged under a bed. You're getting absorbed into this monster. Are you like becoming part of the book then? Is that what they're trying to say? maybe Um, but then i mean if that's the case though then like if they are doing a sequel it's like i don't know it's annoying or at least it seems like annoying if you know it's going to focus on that because really like if they did a sequel all i would want is just more like adaptations of the story i don't want to see some and actually
0: if there is is a sequel where do the stories come from because there has to be stories yeah, that's,
1: that's the whole that's the whole
0: premise know. of the movie. Like, so who's yeah. writing the stories if the if the ghost has been like, you know what, you're right, I'm 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 retiring. Yeah, <laughs> like then who who's doing it? Yeah, such a weird weird like
1: way to go about it. I don't know. Yeah, it's... the en- the
0: ending really made me sort of like just be con- just a little confused as to what the choices were. I'm like, yeah. what 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 was this? Okay, that's weird. And you know, we just end with them in the car with their dad, like driving out of town. They're leaving and going somewhere. Um, yeah. for her to be a writer, I guess, like, because you know, that's what she wants <laughs> to do. But, um, I don't, know. I don't know.
1: It seems like maybe they're trying to like do too much stuff. Where, like, yeah, if you just focus on like, you know, these stories coming to life, like, that's good enough on its own. Like, you don't need all of this backstory, like like yeah i'm sure you, you need a reason for it or whatever but just like have like you know some quick thing about like uh yeah this person wrote the book and now it, it's coming to life but like don't make it like a central mystery to your like storyline and stuff because that's just all the stuff that brings it down
0: yeah that's everything that kind of derailed it and then like i say talking to the ghost the way it ends all that stuff and like those weird choices at the end there's just i don't know by, by the time it gets to the third act, it's just completely lost me, basically, which is a shame. Because mm. I, I was kind of into it. At the start of the movie, I was into the first you 20-30 know, minutes. I, I was like into the ride, and I was like, okay, what's it doing? It's setting up some characters that are kind of likable, and I'm liking the tone of the overall thing, and the, that kind of almost Spielberg Spielbergian 80s kind of kids' dark adventure kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I think it kind of just goes away from it and becomes more generic, and it's a shame. But uh, Tim... Yeah. What are you going to rate Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? <sighs> it is tough because
1: I, I, I will still say that I, I did like it. Like uh, it never – like those the parts that I wasn't into, like, yeah, it is a shame. But I, I think the other parts worked well enough for me that I wouldn't say that it ever made me hate the movie. But, yeah, it feels like there was a lot of missed opportunities or directions uh, that they went down that – you yeah, know kind of wish they hadn't but overall though I, I still did have a good time watching it um even if it was like yeah like a little too long um mm-hmm. you know i was still invested enough that i was like well i want to see this through to the end i never feel like i completely checked out so um i feel like six is just a tad too high so i'll go a little bit down i'll, I'll do, give it a 5.5 but yeah i mean um uh, it's a shame because it definitely was uh, like good stuff in there, and but yeah, and unfortunately, I was, it just didn't end up pulling
0: it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of a, yeah, same but Five five point five is kind of where I'm landing on ultimately. Mm-hmm. It's a shame because if it had kept up what it was doing at the start, like it could have been maybe a you know at least a seven if not higher. Yeah, but, definitely. But um, yeah. I, I have to. <laughs> If I'm going to have to like settle on one, I'll say 5.5. It, there's enough good stuff in the first half that I, I can't quite say it's by in the middle, but um, mm. yeah, 5.5. So unfortunately, it didn't live up too much by the end, but they uh, did have some promising elements in there. Uh, so that is scary stories to tell in the dark this has been screams after midnight uh, you can let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below you can like and subscribe all the usual things get us on the twitters at mailed underscore fudge for channel updates you can get us specifically on twitter at screams midnight for horror movie shenanigans me and tim making fun of each other um, you know other random tidbits. At Screams Midnight is the Twitter you want to follow. Uh, you can support what we do here. You can support the show and everything else we do on MailFuzz TV uh, by going to patreon.com slash TV and f- uh, supporting us there for as little as $1 per month. You get a bonus exclusive episode of Screams every month. Uh, we did four for the Thon, but the regular is one <laughs> per month. Uh, so there's a little back catalogue built up now. You get access to the back catalogue and, of course, whatever new one we're doing for this month. And we do have one picked out, and that, that should be fun so uh, go check that out, but you know, in that back catalogue you have the entire Wishmaster franchise you have Blood Diner, you have The Invisible Maniacs, some delightful B movies and ridiculous silly things that uh, oh, yeah. you should have fun hearing us talk about um, so that $5 tier of course has voting rights every month and so on and so on, so go, go have a look and see if you're interested in any of that, you can support us as well by rating us on your podcast app Apple Podcasts being been the most common one, give us 5 stars, helps more people find us Uh, but otherwise that is us so thank you very much uh for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and we will see you next time